What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Chasen Hill, if you guys don't already know. If you haven't already, make sure you guys leave this uh, show a five-star review. It really does help me kind of get seen in the other podcast world because, you know, there's like a gajillion of them. Um, but, you know, we always need more good jiu-jitsu content. So, appreciate that. If you guys did that, if you've already done that, I appreciate you guys listening and checking out this uh you know, daily slash weekly podcast. So the topic of today's conversation is going to be uh, kids in jujitsu. Now, before you turn it off really quick, even if you don't have kids in jujitsu, you, if you train jujitsu that, I mean, if you're downloading this podcast, there's a good chance you have a very good interest in jujitsu. So one day you might have kids in jujitsu, or there's a good chance that, you know, a niece or a nephew or someone there's there's a chance that you probably know some kid somewhere that you're going to tell about jujitsu so this conversation can be passed down or this can help you maybe view this perspective about kids in jujitsu right so there's my plug to get you guys to stay for this episode even if you have no interest in teaching kids or or having your kids in jujitsu now you have an idea in case you want to share it all anyway back to the topic so a little bit about why i enjoy talking about this topic or why it's important is because it normally will also very eerily resemble an adult student's journey in jujitsu for a kid student because honestly all adults are big kids you know they can just learn more and take a bigger beating so whenever I started teaching jujitsu one of the main things that I started doing was helping assist in a kids class and that's a lot of times how a lot of instructors get introduced into instructing and I think honestly it's a good metric to determine someone's potential for being a for being an instructor is how well do they do in kids? Do, are they patient? Do they have empathy? Are they able to uh, show the techniques on a very simple level? Do they get frustrated easy when someone doesn't understand what they're saying? Right. So all of those things obviously can grow in time as you teach more, but usually there's kind of an innate ability for people to want to express it or not want to express it. And a kids class is a great way to show that, right? So I think one of the main metrics of determining if someone's going to be a, an instructor one day is I actually have them help me in my kids' class. And sometimes they do great, but they just have no desire in, in teaching the kids' class, but they can turn it on, they can turn it off or whatever. So anyway, that's my tangent for that. But that's how I cut my teeth teaching is, is I would show up, I would help the kids' class two, three days a week in exchange for tuition. I would help the adult classes to be the assistant. But kids' class is is that's one class that's very difficult to teach on your own. You, you definitely need adults in the room because even if you don't know what you're doing, just having adult eyes on kids makes them kind of behave a little bit better and you can get more done. So that's why it's important. Even if, you know, you have someone that asks you to teach kids class or help you, you know, that's, that's why it's not because, you know, you don't have to have all this knowledge. They just need adult eyes and they'll kind of direct you and tell you what to do. So, um, but I, it was really cool as I kind of, started teaching, you know, you're watching these kids grow and you're watching them kind of learn and you're watching these light bulbs click and, and you're a lot of times you're changing kids lives, you know, they're they're whether you want to or not, they kind of look up to you. Um, you know, you don't have a choice when you're presented in their life two, three days a week. And, uh, you know, they, they enjoy the same activities you do. And they see how good you are at it. Um, you know, they're, they're going to aspire to kind of want to do that or, or be that or, or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's really cool to impact a kid's life like that, especially in a positive environment, because there's, you know, not too many of those nowadays. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've had this interesting conversation, though, that the reason why it mirrors adult journeys is because kids 
will normally start jujitsu and they're only in it for like about a year or two at most. So it's a lot of times like the adults right now. And in the adults, we call it the blue belt blues or they quit after blue belt because, you know, once they've achieved their big milestone, whether that takes them a year or two years or whatever, there's a, there's a steep drop after blue belt. Right. And for the kids, it's, it's normally not necessarily at a specific belt. It's more just length of time. It's like, you know, after they give it a year, they maybe get to a belt or two of promoted. And then they're like, ah, kind of go off and do it another thing. And a lot of times, you know, the kid does lose interest, but you know, it's hard when they have friends playing football, basketball, baseball, and there's a bunch of outside influences. And reality is jiu-jitsu is like an all year sport or an all year activity. You know, football is only in one season. Basketball is only one season. Well, I say that there's, you know, they're extending more and more seasons now, but traditionally, you know, there's only one season. So, you know, they're, they're going to have friends and they get interested and they, and they go off. Right. And usually the biggest age where that starts to happen in kids classes is around the preteen around like 12, 13, 14, 15. That's either where kids just quit jujitsu very highly or, I don't have many of them walking in my door like to try for the first time. Now I'll get some like 17, 18 year olds, but a lot of times I don't get many like straight up 13, straight up 14, like that true teenager, young teenager age walks in my door because it's not cool. You know, they're wanting to run around with their friends they're wanting to do, get into problems and do all this other stuff. Right. So, um, and a lot of times that's when, even if a kid's been training for four or five years, when they hit that age, they, they, they want to quit too. I don't know what it is about that teenage age. I guess it's hormones and, and whatever. So I didn't have the opportunity to train at that age. So I can't say if I would have done it or not, but that's just what I have seen a lot of. And I've noticed in a lot of academies, there's not as many that age. Right. Um, and usually if there are like 13 or 14 year olds, it's like they've been training for a long time. It's not usually many kids start there. So I have had two kids in my career that have basically started at the age of one was eight and one was nine that they started roughly around the same time, but they both made it through almost every kid's belt and they both made it to at least their blue belt. And the younger one who is 18 now, he just got his purple belt, but they're by far the only kids I've ever had that have made it through that preteen age, not quit, and at least made it to blue belt and trained as an adult. So the metric that I'm using to determine this is basically going from a kid's rank to adult rank. I don't even just mean 16. I mean like actually 18, 19 training as an adult, right? Going from, you know, teenage or from kid through teenager, you know, into young adolescent. And then adults, a whole different story because now they're going to have to do adult responsibilities. So I've always been super fascinated about why did these two kids make it and the thousands of other kids that I've taught over the years haven't. And I've talked to both of the parents and it very oddly eerers, uh, eerie similars, uh, very much adult problems or adult things, right? So let me, let me explain this. And by the way, I have a really cool story about where I kind of got this tip and stuff coming up here in a few minutes. But the base, the basis after talking to them, they couldn't, they couldn't really pinpoint one thing. 
And, you know, they just said, you know, he always liked it. They're both males. And so they said, oh, you know, they always liked it. They always enjoyed it. You know, we think that you guys did a great job making the classes fun, all that stuff. So they gave they gave the gym that I teach and train out of a lot of credit, which I do think that's a that's obviously a big part, because if it's a negative experience, they're not going to continue to train. But it, there, there had to be something else. There had to be something else. And I think I figured it out for the kids. What is super important is the support so let me let me explain that so i mean parental support now that's just like everything you know parental support is very important everything but i see so many times that kids have to either quit jujitsu when they don't want to because mom and dad either don't want to bring them it's too difficult to bring them they have 90 other things going on and I 100% understand the juggling act that it takes picking the kids up, getting around, you working 8 to 5 or whatever. But if you want your child who is in jiu-jitsu right now, if you have a child that's in jiu-jitsu or one day you want a child to be in jiu-jitsu, just know that the secret formula to keeping them training is number one, it's not even you training. I do think that's a big part of it, but that's not even what happened to either one of my kids. Neither one of their parents trained. Um is support so they even when the kid took a break they supported they they told me that after i talked to them a little bit more they never made jiu-jitsu like a punishment they never used that as that they they used it as like a tool so like for example one of my kids he got in trouble at school because he was like talking or he did something or whatever and the mom instead of making him miss jiu-jitsu made him come to jujitsu and he had to write us like a letter and he wrote me and, and me and my coach a letter and expressed what had happened and that was like enough punishment for himself because of that aspect of involving he instead of instead of her taking like the supportive environment of like the academy and the instructors and people who he, who we grew up on to and ripped it away from him she leveraged that and knew that that would make him, you know, almost like maybe shape up or like that was way worse of a punishment disappointing us than, you know, just missing class. You know, he would rather have just missed class probably and then been like, oh, man, we missed you last week. and be like, oh, yeah, I was just whatever. And he'd come up with some like lie or something like that. Right. So I found that very interesting that they used it as like a different weapon versus like just I'm going to take it away. They like leveraged it to also help curve that, which I found very fascinating. But that showed me that they valued jujitsu very high and they did everything they could to always bring him. Either, you know, his sister brought him to class or he had a grandparent that would bring him or, you know, they always found a way or he got a ride with another kid that could come. But they always found a way to bring them. Like I said, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty when sometimes time schedules just don't make it. But just know if you think jujitsu is so valuable to your child and you think there's so much they can gain out of it, then don't take away the support system that they have. You got to find a way to get them there and get involved. Now, here's where this journey very much mirrors the adults. The adults is the same way. The adults, you just have more control over your priorities. You, you can drive yourself. You can get wherever. But you need to develop a support system. Right. So whether that's like your spouse and I talked about that on on another podcast about like having spousal support or a partner support or just someone to support 
and understand that like how much jujitsu means to you and you get involved at your school and the community you really get to know people and they you know are asking like where you're at and stuff and like you you know you want that sense of feeling of belonging you want that support driving you in order to keep coming um i call it good guilt right so there's bad guilt and there's good guilt that's a little bit of good guilt feeling like you know, oh man, they're going to not know where I'm at or something like that. You know, like that's, that's sometimes good. That's good pressure. You know, now the grand scheme of things, if you're gone for like six months, people will probably forget, but it's whatever, you know, next time you come back, be like, oh man, we really missed you. Right. So the ear part about that is like, it's both support. Just the child can't drive himself. You know, they, they don't have a choice. They're, they're at the becking call of the parent. And I know, and then sometimes you're going to be like, well, even if my child likes, or even if I can get my child there, they just put up a fight and, you know, they don't want to go and they just, da, da, da. yeah, that's because they're a kid. They have shiny object syndrome. You know, they're going to go from one thing to the next thing. They're going to bounce around left and right, you know? Um, so this is the tip that I'll give you guys. So I got to go to the Gracie Academy in Torrance, California one time, and they have taught probably, I don't even know, gajillions of kids, literally probably millions of kids. And at this time, this is 2012, they only had ever one kid outside of the Gracie family go from start to finish and make it to black belt, like from a kid's class to black belt. And I was like, man, if this place can't do it, eh, this is kind of crazy. They're literally like the mecca of jujitsu and they have great teachers and a great kids program and just like all this stuff. I'm like, man, what what's the thing here? And so they asked the same thing. They asked the parent, they asked the kid what it was. And I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but this is what it stood out in the kid's mind is that the kid, the kid knew that he was going to have to go to jujitsu like two days a week or three days a week. So his dad said, Hey, you can not go to jujitsu anytime you want, but you've got to tell me at least two days ahead of time. So if class is on Tuesday, you know, you got to tell me on Sunday, if class is on Thursday, you know, you've got to tell me on Monday that you don't want to go, right? So you got to give me two whole days of notice that you don't want to go, right? And so he was like, oh, okay, great. And if you guys know anything about kids, they forget everything. So of course, what happened was, is, you know, it'd be time for class. And, you know, the kid was like, oh, I don't want to go to class. And props to the parents. He stuck to his guns and said, now, remember, we had a deal that, I told you that you you didn't have to go if you told me two days. You didn't tell me two days, so we got to do this. We got to follow through. You know that's what we do. We make we keep our word and da 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 all that stuff, right? So, to me, that's great parenting. Um, I know some people probably disagree with it. There's probably some crazy books out there that disagree with that, but to me, that's that's a great way. You're you're making a deal with your child. You're treating them like an adult. You're treating them like, hey, you know, this is a thing, a moral or a thing that you're trying to get them to follow. Yeah, are you tricking them a little bit? One hundred percent. But that's your job. Kids, if you let kids make all the decisions of their life, then they're going to like eat candy and sugar and God knows what else, never go to school and never bathe. And so it's your job as a parent to like control that, you know, you look through the filter to let them decide when they can make their decisions through your adult filter. So that's, that's what you're there for. Um, you know, prevent them from dying essentially. So, you know, and I thought that was a really cool thing. And then he said, eventually it, it, it didn't turn into that. You know, eventually he stopped not saying I don't want to go because he starts seeing the progress and he starts seeing the skill. Then he started going into the adult classes and he started tapping adults and it started going forward. And I, and I see that very much in the two kids that I taught is like, they, I don't know. I I don't, the mom and dad never communicated that they really had to get them to fight to go. But I remember seeing them kind of go through like a lackadaisical spell when they were kind of the most advanced kids. 
But then it was like when they came to the adult class, they had this like new fire because they would like do good with the adults, but the adults were just too strong or too big and they couldn't catch certain things. But then as they started coming more, they started getting used to it and they were still getting bigger and older and learning better moves. So then they started catching more adults and it was like, oh, this is cool. So they kind of saw all their superpowers starting to form, right? So whether you have a kid or you you know, advise a kid to be in jujitsu, the number one advice I can give you is that they need to have a good support system. You know, mom and dad or whoever is bringing them needs to support them, get them involved in the school and don't, don't take it away from them. If you, if you don't have to use it as like a leverage or like a resource, I always tell the parents, if they're not, if they're having problems at school or if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, come tell me, you know, we'll take care of it here. So, and I'm not mean, I don't yell at them. I don't make them like do pushups or sit in the corner. I'm not Cobra Kai. But there's this like level of responsibility that they feel for some reason when they talk to a jiu-jitsu instructor. So anyway, there's my kid parenting thing for jiu-jitsu right there. I have a bunch more tips and tricks though with kids, but that's just one of the coolest stories I can share. So if you guys ever have a kid in jiu-jitsu or you're going to teach a kid or you're going to talk to a parent about putting their kid in jiu-jitsu, just tell them that you know once they start, make sure they have good support and you support them. You try your best to get them there as much as they can, keep the deal, all that good stuff. So anyway, with that, that's today's podcast and I'll see you guys later. Take it easy.